An embarrassing performance has Michigan Nation in an outrage. Social media is still going crazy. And we preview the Rutgers game. I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Welcome back, Michigan fans, for episode four of the M Factor. I know personally I'm still just in awe and amazement at the butt whooping the Badgers handed us Saturday, but much to my chagrin, we will recap the game quickly and talk about all the other stories that have came up this past week. We will preview the Rutgers game and, of course, this week's rival annoyance. But first, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Make sure to leave us a review. And as always, a five-star rating to help skyrocket the M Factor in the rankings so us Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it, and let's keep season two rocking. I really appreciate the support, everyone. So let's get the episode going. Let's just roll right into it, and all I can say is, wow, I'm sure that's all of you folks can say as well. Now, I I knew the game could go one of two ways. First, a close game with both teams showing that they are legit Big Ten contenders, which that was kind of the scenario that I picked last week, right, With with my predictions on the game. Or two, it could be just a blowout, and we find out that one team is just a poser. Now, honestly, I thought that was going to be Wisconsin. I had no idea that it would be Michigan. I was not aware of what Michigan was made of, but most of the time I always find Wisconsin somewhat overrated. Uh, Boy, was I wrong. Again, so much hype for this game. excuse me, I know here at the M Factor Studios, everyone was ready to rock and hopefully see this offense that Gaddis has been holding back for the big game, but we did not see that at all. It was much of the same that we have seen really since the end of last year for Michigan, right? This was just embarrassing. Let's go over the stats really quick and draw some obvious conclusions. First and foremost, the score 35 to 14. Michigan never really in it. I mean, Wisconsin was up 35 nothing uh, going into the four, uh, you know, midway through the third quarter, and they just dominated the first half. Let's let's take a look at some of the team stats first and foremost. First downs 25 to 15 in favor of Wisconsin. Third down efficiency. Here's a big one, folks. Here's a negative M factor for you. Zero of 11 for Michigan. Zero third down conversions. They had to go for it four times on fourth down. Luckily, they made it 75% of the time, but still unbelievable. Total yards don't look absolutely terrible. If you were to watch, actually watch the game, it was Wisconsin 47, Michigan 299. Passing Michigan won the battle 259 to 128. But here's where we get into it. Interceptions thrown. Two to nothing in uh, for Michigan. Rushing, holy smokes, folks! But I'm sure you guys have been picking your heads all week at this one. We were not prepared for Taylor, and how couldn't you be? This was one of the M factors, right? Jonathan Taylor, one of the best, if not the best, running back in the country, who literally like sat out the, the most of the second half because he was he was injured, right? Didn't matter. 359 yards rushing for Wisconsin, 40. 40 for Michigan, and our leading rusher was Dylan McCaffrey with 21 yards. So Dylan McCaffrey had half of those yards. 
That's unbelievable. Jonathan Taylor with 23 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns. That's really no surprise. We knew that going into the game. Penalties, here we definitely improved in penalties. Three for 45 yards, Wisconsin at nine for 69. And then the turnovers and time of possession. Oh, my goodness, folks. I look at this every time, and I just shake my head. You can picture me shaking my head right now behind the microphone. Four turnovers to zero. Remember what we said, folks. I'll get into the M factors here in a little bit. But four to zero, time of possession too. Wisconsin, 41.07 to Michigan's 18.53. Holy smokes, again, we, they doubled our time of possession. Doubled it. That is just, you're not going to win many games, especially on the road against a good team, folks. So that's just absolutely ridiculous. That's unacceptable. And people have been saying this all week, so it's not like I'm explaining anything to you guys that you haven't been hearing literally from every sports analysis, every Michigan fan, every like sports center, just all of that was just, just has been pounded into our brains all week, right? Just impaled into our brains. Let's get into some of the individual stats for the Wolverines. It was Shea Patterson who started the game and got benched. Sadly, uh, this was another game where Shea just does not look like he's getting it. He's not look like he's getting it, folks. And I said, hey, remember two weeks or uh, two weeks ago when I said, listen, pardon me, it was three weeks ago before the Army game when I said it, two reasons to put in McCaffrey. One, injury to Patterson, or two, he looks like he's not understanding the offense. I don't know whether he's if he's still injured or not, but he he's just gotten away from everything that worked for him last year. He finishes the game 14 of 32, 219 yards, all of that pretty much in mop-up. He did have two TDs and one interception, but again, that was pretty much when the game was uh, – Wisconsin had the game well in hand, and he was basically forced back in right after the McCaffrey injury and the Milton uh, two attempts, and he rockets another interception. Boy, what an arm, though, for Milton, I'll tell you. He's, he's exciting. I wish he would quit throwing into triple coverage. He needs to get those reads. But Shea Patterson with a quarterback rating of 36.4 to Jack Cohn of Wisconsin, who had no touchdowns, no interceptions, only 128 yards, 87.7. QBR for Cohn. Uh, I just, it's insane. Now, here again, we get into the rushing Oh my goodness, McCaffrey was the leader. Where was Charbonnet? I know he was. They they said he was a little shaken up. What did they do? They had no answer at running back, so they put in an injured Charbonnet. He has six yards. Christian Turner, the starting running back, only had seventeen yards. Are you telling me they're that much better on defense this year, Wisconsin? I mean, don't get me wrong. They they look great. They look great on defense, but still, come on, guys. You can't tell me that they are that much better, especially after Charbonnet has actually been our only glimmer of hope on the offensive side of the ball and we are forced to use him an injured Charbonnet at that all day Charbonnet was definitely not all day on Saturday Wisconsin rushing Jonathan Taylor just 23 carries 203 yards two touchdowns what more can I say I'm just going to move on receiving nothing absolutely nothing Ronnie Bell had 81 yards on two receptions only because of that early play on that 68-yarder, that was the majority of our offense, folks. I don't know if you guys realize this, but DPJ gets put put in. He was he had one reception. I don't if I don't know if he's still injured. Are they holding back these injuries on us, folks? I just don't get it. This is ridiculous. <coughs> Excuse me. Michigan fumbles, of course. Shea Patterson with another fumble. Ben Mason, sure hands Ben Mason from last year. The fullback fumbles. 
And that was a clinch. That was a killer for us right there. I thought that was a negative M factor. I thought that was one of the turning points in the game. I'll get into more of them here in a second, but I thought that was one of the turning points in the game. Michigan defense. I mean, what can you do when you're on the field all game long? Your offense forfeits the ball four times. You get nothing. Kalik Hudson had a great game with 14 total tackles, a sack tackle for a loss. Brad Hawkins with a good game with 10 tackles. Hutchinson with nine tackles and really just a couple other guys with a, with a decent game on the defensive side of the ball, but nice job. Kalik Hudson with 14 tackles. That's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty solid game for, for the defensive, a uh, defensive player and nothing of course to gloat about on these special teams besides Will Hart and his punting. You know, he did average 51 yards punting, which was pretty good on five attempts. So good for, good for Will Hart. You really don't want your punter to be the the special teams MVP, I'll tell you that much. So let's get some game thoughts in real quick. I'm sorry, guys, I'm kind of dragging on. But this is important because this is what the M Factor does, right? The overturn catch and the, that incompletion, well, the catch turned to incomplete, right? It was clearly a catch. Everyone and their brother and their mother thought it was a catch. Even, even the uh, analyst on Fox all the announcers, apparently the only person that didn't were the, the refs and the, the boys upstairs, right? That was a killer. That was a drive kill, and that was early in the game, and that totally took the wind out of our sails. These guys just don't are, are not good with adversity. Look what happens when the, they fumble the ball and turn it over. They, they, it's like the defense lays down. That, was a, that, was a, that just took the wind right out of our sails early. The second – that I have to discuss is the two targeting calls. Now, the first one I don't think was a targeting. I thought it was a really good hit. I know everyone up here at the M Factor Studios was pretty disappointed in the targeting call. However, number two from Wisconsin, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this too, should be ejected from playing, should, should not be able to play. He should be suspended the whole year. That was malicious. That was awful. It looked like he was literally he, – that looked like he was trying to injure McCaffrey. And guess what? He did. Gave him a concussion, took McCaffrey out of the game. McCaffrey was moving the ball a little bit. So this was a little early on. But McCaffrey goes out with a concussion, and this kind of worries me. Luckily, this isn't a broken bone. It's a concussion. We've all had them. But I don't like this injury-prone Dylan McCaffrey thing that's going on. But this one, there's – there's uh, I, I – I can't blame Dylan on this one. He was it was a, it was a solid run, and number two from Wisconsin. Just what a cheap shot! Unbelievable. I'm glad he got booted from the game. I don't know if he was retaliating for his teammate getting tossed out of the game on the play before. I'm not really sure, but it was disgusting, and the NCAA should definitely do something about that. I haven't heard of anything yet, but something should come down the line and say what's going on. And third was I alluded to it early was that injury to McCaffrey I definitely feel that that was that was kind of a game changer as well because then we got to put in Milton because Shay I don't know where Shay's head has been all season long I don't it still looks like he's pouting folks that's what it looks like to me it looks like last year against really against you know it started kind of against Indiana and Rutgers technically I mean we I mean I know we beat Rutgers pretty pretty handily but we did not look that great that game last year I don't know if whether he's been pouting since then. We just got rolled by Ohio State, rolled by Florida. Not a very good game against Middle Tennessee. We should have lost to Army. We get rolled by Wisconsin. 
I don't know what happened to him after uh, after that uh, Penn State game last year, but he has not been the same player. I just don't get it. So that injury to Dylan McCaffrey, Milton comes in, throws a pick, and guess who has to come back in the game? Shea Patterson, and he actually looked like kind of remnants of the Shea of old, kind of what we were looking for the rest of the season. So that was kind of my fourth <clears throat> my fourth major game thought was or thoughts on the game was benching Shea. I thought it was the right move. I thought it was time. I thought for sure that was going to hurt his confidence even more. But then he comes in and just absolutely, guess what? When you get benched and you get put back out there, you play looser, right? I don't know. Maybe he's just playing very uptight this season because he is the guy this year. He was the go-to guy last year. Don't forget, before the season started, wasn't sure if he was going to be granted eligibility. And let's face it, it's not like he played that well against Notre Dame or really against the first three, four teams at the start of the season. I mean, maybe that's what we're waiting for. It's just a shame we had to run into a red-hot Wisconsin team early in the season because hopefully hopefully Shea gets his head out of his butt and, and picks it up. I know I'm going to probably say that every week, but obviously McCaffrey won't play next week. Uh, he better not play against Rutgers. He better not play this weekend uh, because, you know, you can't treat those concussions lightly. But there's no way that Shea uh, – maybe that's what it took, just a little benching. I know these guys are young. People handle it differently, right? Kids, These kids handle it differently. You can pout or you can say, hey, I need to play better. And that's really – that kind of leads me into my M factors. One we already know, folks. If, if you don't know, then you didn't watch the game and you didn't listen to me during the team stats. That is four to nothing in the turnovers for Michigan. Remember what I predicted last week. I know I was not alone. I predicted if we could at least stay even in the turnover column that we would have a chance of winning that game. It Just even. Oh, no, what do we do? We have the worst ratio of the season, 4-0. Just I want, I want people to remember that. That could be a major, major problem all season because it has been all season already. So this is a problem. Even, I mean, Ben Mason fumbling the ball? Come on, are you kidding me? Sure-handed fullback Ben Mason from last year. Every time he touched the ball last year, he scored a touchdown almost. Remember that? So uh, my my second M factor, and again, these are kind of all negative M factors, so I'm sorry, folks. There's no positive M factors besides maybe Hudson getting his – 14 tackles, but let's face it, when a team has the ball 41 minutes, you're going to get a lot of tackles. We had 87 tackles as a team. That's pretty good, folks. I mean, that's not what you want in the stats, but that's a lot of stat padding for a defensive player. So anyway, my second negative end factor is just that rushing dominance. That We all called that as well last week. That was just in, That was just ridiculous. How, after a bye week, are we not prepared for that? I'm going to get into the hardball and the coaching staff here right after this, but how in the world do we get outrushed 359 to 40? And our leading rusher was McCaffrey. (laughs) McCaffrey, folks. Remember McCaffrey? He had, excuse me, he had 21 yards of our 40. He had over half of our rushing yards. And then we had to put in, because we were so desperate, we had to put in all day Charbonnet, and that was just I mean, as an injured, injured Charbonnet. Oh, that's dangerous. That is so dangerous. I hope he's okay for, uh, for this coming weekend because he needs to. <laughs> he's obviously a really good running back, especially as a true freshman. But this this really points on the offensive line. This was supposed to be our 
this was supposed to be our main group, folks. This was supposed to be our solid group. This everyone returning, you know, a couple, uh, a couple potential All Big Ten, if not a preseason All American in Bredson. Where are they? This is ridiculous. Our quarterbacks have no time to throw. Our running backs are just getting destroyed. I mean, Charbonnet only had a what, 103 yards, was it, against Army, and that was on 33 carries. So we had to give him the ball a million times. This does not look good on the offensive line. It really doesn't look good on the coaches, on our strength and conditioning coaches. It goes all the way back to that. What is up with our injuries? Again, I will get on get into that a little later as well, but it's unbelievable. The only positive that I have from this debacle is maybe it changed our expectations of the season a little bit. And remember, as Michigan fans, we always think that we're in the national championship contender. Now, now we're not even close to finishing like halfway, like like third in the Big Ten East. You know what I mean? I know the season's not over, and let's not throw in the towel, but if something doesn't change, I mean, there's no way that our expectation against Rutgers, I will state my prediction against Rutgers at the end of the show, of course, but there's no way that we can think that uh, we're even close to Big Ten championship team. And if you if you do still think that, you have a, a lot of faith in this coaching staff. And, you know, to be honest, maybe you should. Um, I know I really have lost it. Uh, it's just been going down since the, the start of the season, especially after a bye week. That's the most frustrating thing. You know, you get all the, all the, all the great coaches in the country in the past and present. They come back and it's like a, it's a different team after a bye week. They they are I think they they probably like if you were to name the top, you know seven eight coaches right now. After a bye week, it's almost a guaranteed win, regardless of who they're playing. I'd like to see the stat on that. I'm sorry I don't have it, but uh, I heard it on a, a a new show earlier and it was ridiculous. It was like ninety five percent of the, the what we consider the top tier coaches in college football uh, win pretty pretty handily after a bye week. So I don't know what the deal was with this, with, uh, with this last weekend. Let's get into some things going on after the game and this week. And they're, they're pretty insane. First and foremost, Michigan drops all the way to number 20 in the AP and Wisconsin gets some well-deserved respect and moves to number eight. Uh, I'm not sure Michigan even deserves to be 20. To be, I mean, to be honest, they 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 don't even look like a top twenty-five team. So, it, what it what it looks to me is maybe those drops in the AP poll after the Army game were legit. Even after the bye week, they lost a position. Remember, folks? Hmm, maybe those voters actually know a thing or two sometimes about what they're actually voting on. I I kind of have to agree with them on this, and maybe I. Maybe I think that they're actually kind of still still overrated. There's nothing that's shown me that they're they're better than even 25th, to be honest with you. So let's uh let's move on. It it, it let's face it, guys. It, it's possible for them to lose five more games. It is absolutely possible. Iowa, I don't see us beating Iowa. Penn State, not a chance at Penn State. Are you kidding me? Luckily, we have Iowa at home. Notre Dame, no way. You see how Notre Dame looked against Georgia? That was a great game, and Georgia could easily be playing for their national championship this year. Notre Dame goes in and basically just great great game by Notre Dame. Uh, great job by Brian Kelly. See that? Harbaugh, that's how you prepare for a, a big game, uh, especially on the road. Michigan State, 
I, I know we get Michigan State at home, and they didn't look that great against Northwestern. Uh, that could be an even matchup. That could easily be a loss. OSU, not a chance. Come on. Easily hands down the best team in the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin definitely showed me that they're they're right there, but not a, not a chance. We're even even at home. Not a chance. Harbaugh, that's that's it. If Harbaugh just gets rolled in that game, that's that's pretty much it. And it rolls me right into Harbaugh being on the hot seat all week. Or has he been on the hot seat? And it just it's pretty much nuclear now. It just seems like his road win percentage against ranked teams just awful. He only has one. Uh, he just can't win the big game, especially on the road. I mean, you can't tell me his biggest his biggest win on the road. I I honestly can't think of one. Maybe Penn State is what his second year. Maybe at Penn State, a down Penn State team that was supposed to be you know really good, but they just. I mean, don't get me wrong. Penn State ended up winning the the Big Ten that year, but Michigan just rolled them there. You know, that's the only one that comes to mind, really. Some experts. Definitely saying he's done after this year, even with even with a OSU win. I'm not sure about that. That's going to be tough. Uh, I still have a lot of faith in Harbaugh. He's still, let's face it, guys, he's still a nine-win coach. That's I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Vegas actually already putting out the odds for the next Wolverine coach, which is, of course, a little premature, but always a little, a little fun to look at. They got uh, Bronco Mendenhall, who's the current Virginia coach. David Shaw from Syracuse, that would be rather interesting. Kylo Whittinghall from Utah. Uh, Dino Babbers, and <laughs> look who makes the list, folks. Urban Myers, really? Urban Meyer, and it wasn't that bad odds. There's not a chance he's coming to coach at Michigan. If he did, uh, let's face it, that's a good question for you you folks. Uh, let me know. Just post it on my wall or something. Let me know if, uh, if you would be – happy or just just disgusted if urban meyer took the job or if michigan even offered him a job that would that to me would be more even more crazy i think urban would come back to coach at michigan and that would be hilarious i mean just to, just to show what type of range and coach that he is rounding out the list was mike gundy luke fickle another osu guy not probably not a chance at fickle i want to know where's trestle what the heck i've been i've been I've been rooting for Trestle this whole time. Come on, bring back the sweater vest. Not a chance. I'm just kidding, folks. Another another negative thing about Harbaugh is is he really is he getting ready to leave after the NF to the NFL after this season? It appears to me that when he went to Stanford, he was great. He went to the NFL and he was really good at the NFL. Don't forget, he took an average 49er team and really, you know, he took him to the Super Bowl. And with the with the average quarter, not even an average quarterback. I mean, Kaepernick, despite his on the field antics and whatever you want to, whatever you believe with that, uh, he still just went off the deep end and was just terrible his last year in the league. And even though, and Harbaugh still took him, uh, took him to the Super Bowl, and he comes to Michigan and he just hasn't lived up to the much. He's been recruiting great. Well, let me rephrase that. I say he's been recruiting great. He's been getting five- and four-star athletes, but where is the development, you guys? That was one thing I noticed about the Wisconsin game, the Ohio State game, the Florida game. These athletes just appear to – are these teams getting just that much better athletes than us? I was having this uh, this discussion with my buddy Veach. It looks like Wisconsin just has recruited far superior athletes. Where is our athletic ability? I mean, these guys are running four fours coming out of high school. 
Where is it? Are they losing that much ground? Are they trying to become bigger and not faster? I don't get it. I don't know where it's at. Uh, another, I feel an issue is Michigan has played lackluster really in their last seven games, dating back to Rutgers, losing uh, losing three of those games against teams that were that were any good and barely beat Indiana and Army. Should have lost to Army. So I don't know what what the deal is with Harbaugh and this coaching staff. They tried to make some changes. Then we get the story uh, this week that Harbaugh didn't even meet with Gaddis before he hired him or had minimal uh, minimal discussions with him. That is not good. That's not a good look. Uh, that's kind of a pie to the face. That's, uh, that's not good, folks. There are a few pros for Harbaugh this, uh, you know, this season, and that's been that this season is not over with this loss. I mean – even though they they look just terrible out there and lost, let's face it, it's not it's not over. That was a lo- a loss to a, a Big Ten West team. That's still one loss. I, I know it seems unlikely, but they run the table. Boom, they're into that Big Ten championship game. I don't see Ohio State uh, faltering this year or uh, or tripping up uh, like they did last year against Purdue, uh, especially against Purdue this year. Wow, we'll get that Purdue's just looking terrible. But I don't think that. Ohio State trips up this year, so it, it, it maybe if uh, Michigan runs the table, it comes down to that last weekend again in Ann Arbor, Thanksgiving weekend. Don't get me wrong, I'd be pretty happy. Please turn it around. I'm all for it. I am all for it, but after last weekend's debacle, I just don't see it right now. So uh, what I, you know, pros, Harbaugh took complete responsibility for the lack of preparation, took it upon himself. At what point is he going to quit making this excuse? I understand trying to protect the kids and stuff like that, but you got to get in some people's faces. What happened to the old school Harbaugh of him screaming on the sideline, preaching toughness? There's no toughness out there anymore. Stanford was tough. San Francisco was tough in the pros. And now Michigan just looks like a bunch of weak little kids. They look like a varsity high school team, especially last weekend. They look like boys amongst men out there. I don't know what happened. Harbaugh had taken just resting on his knees. I don't know where the toughness went, and I don't like. I, I just don't care. It, as a fan, I don't know. You're probably you're probably fifty fifty on this one of taking. It was on him. At least he took responsibility for it because it was on him and the coaching staff. I think all season has been. You know, they still he still could have his fourth nine win season in five years. There's nothing to bat an eye at. I know he hasn't won the big games, but. I mean, nine wins, we, we would kill for nine wins. Even Lloyd went like eight and four a lot of those times. Bo would rarely give us nine wins. I know they played less games, so I don't mean to bring, bring Bo into this because Harbaugh is not Bo. But let's face it, guys. I mean, nine wins, is out. it goes back to our expectations. Nine wins is pretty good to me. Uh, I know we want that Big Ten championship. That was my goal at the beginning of the season. I want it. Hopefully, Harbaugh can deliver it. He can turn it around. I'm not sure. Let's get into some of the issues for the actual Michigan squad. There's absolutely zero identity. Zero identity, certainly on offense. And defense is missing, of course, Bush, Winovich, and Gary. That's hurting, too. But where is our identity? We just we had it last year. I mean, there were replays Saturday where – there was only one guy on the screen, which was normally the Wisconsin running back, right? They would do a replay from the uh, the backside, and you'd run through the hole. There wouldn't be a single player in sight between 
the end zone and the running back and off to the sides. And I have a big screen, folks. It's ridiculous. It's a wide screen. The M Factors has a couple wide screens. You couldn't even see these anyone else in the screen. Where where are they? And that maybe that leads to the lackluster look on the sideline Saturday too. That really scared me. That really scared me. The, the cameras showing them on the sideline, just no no one getting in people's faces. They they it almost looked like they expected it. No emotion, no will to win. That honestly makes me point back. That makes me appreciate a guy like Chase Winovich last year, who started that revenge tour. He was our voice on and off the field. He was. He stood up for the guys. It was an awesome interview at the end of the game. Always having fun. Always getting in people's faces if they messed up. We're really missing Winovich this year. I know he wasn't the most uh, athletically gifted, but yeah, I mean, he was good enough to get drafted by the Patriots, so he's got to be doing, you know, he's, he's obviously pretty pretty gifted, but let's, I mean, we're just missing someone like Winovich. And that's, that's, a, that's, that's a bummer because I was really hoping someone would step up you know, it doesn't have to be on defense. It could be on offense. The uh, the injuries are really hurting us. I feel that's definitely a major problem this year. I don't know what's going on. This goes back to where's our speed? Where's our conditioning? Maybe these guys just weren't hitting the weight room this this summer and spring and uh, winter. Maybe they were spending too much time abroad and having a good time and just knew that they were, you know, oh, we're seniors, juniors, you know, we don't need to do any of that. And it's hurting these guys. Just the injuries are just killing us. Uh, my last one is no leadership from Shea. Uh, Shea Patterson, I thought, was going to step up, even though he wasn't named captain. You know, I just now thought of this. Maybe that's why it looks like he's pouting. Maybe because the players didn't vote him captain. That was a problem. He thought being a senior, you know, second year year, he's finally a Michigan man. That's a good point. Uh, that that could I, I just thought of it myself. He he could be pouting because he's still a young man. Uh, I I hope he's not, but maybe because he wasn't voted captain, he's just kind of playing lackluster and eh, no big deal. No one expects me to be the leader. Shea, you're the quarterback of the Michigan Wolverines, second year quarterback, senior. You need to step up and lead. Let's get into some of the projections, or let's let's get into some of the projections. Uh, looking looking forward, uh, you know. Speaking uh, speaking of, or pardon me, we're going to get into the the Big Ten. The Big Ten had a kind of a lackluster week early in the West. Obviously, you have Wisconsin now the clear cut favorite, improving to three and zero. But Iowa's right there at three and zero too. They had a bye week. Minnesota's three and zero, but I don't see them really running the table. They haven't played anyone. Nebraska three and one, beating Illinois forty two to thirty eight in a shootout at Illinois. So good for them, even though Illinois is just terrible this year. Illinois drops to two and two. Northwestern, oh, not going to be a Cinderella season this year. Loses at home to stupid Sparty, and they drop to one and two. Purdue is also at one and two. Boy, what a disappointing year for Purdue as well. Uh, but hey, we could be right there too, folks. Let's not forget we're a missed field goal away from being one and two. So, oh, so I'm, I don't mean to throw stones. Uh, in the East, OSU is just dominating. They destroy Miami of Ohio seventy six to five, and I mean they were down what five to three at the end of the first quarter. Come back, score six touchdowns. Six, let me rephrase that: field scores six touchdowns in the second quarter. One quarter, folks. And they end up at seventy six to five in a route. Penn State still three and zero after a bye week. Michigan drops to two and one. 
MSU also at two and one, and they pop back at number twenty five. Uh, in the in the AP top twenty five, Indiana is three and one. They're only lost to OSU so far, and they've been plagued by injuries as well. Maryland is at two and one, and Rutgers rounds it out at one and two. Like I said, not a lot of good Big Ten action last weekend. A lot of teams getting their first of two bye weeks this year. The only game that got any real attention was that Michigan Wisconsin game, and let's face it, that was uh, that wasn't that wasn't very deserving in hindsight. So, even though I have nothing to brag about this week for the Wolverines let's at least get into this week's rival annoyance here's this week's rival annoyance and you guys will actually kind of find this funny it is the fact that I'm hearing crickets from Michigan State fans and Ohio State fans for that matter after us getting rolled, you know, this is just kind of this is just kind of typical. This is for, actually no, not typical. This is the first time this has ever happened. Excuse me, where we literally just look like crap. It's almost like they're like, oh, that's typical Michigan. You know, they they played they they played terrible. They're not as good as as everyone thinks they are. And boy, that that may be true. I I hope it's not. But just the fact that they. <laughs> They continue to do this, right? This is this is typical. Like when we play Michigan State, I guarantee we'll hear nothing before the game. Absolutely nothing. And if it happens that Michigan State miraculously pulls out a victory like they have in the past couple years, um, it, it'll be nothing but uh, nothing but gloating for the next the next year simply because they beat simply because they pulled something out of their butts and beat us out of nowhere. So that really annoys me that when, you know, we, we deserve it. We deserve the criticism. We deserve them talking a little smack. You know, it's, it's not any fun if, if they can't talk any, if you can't talk any smack with, with some of your friends that happen to be, I don't know why they would be, but happen to be fans of Sparty or, or the, the, the Ohio state squad, uh, there's really, I mean, Ohio State seems to be just so far above us right now that uh, I can understand why no Ohio State fans really are talking any smack. But the Michigan State crowd, come on. I mean, you guys just whomped that dreaded Northwestern team this last weekend. So where is it? Come on, bring it. There's nothing I can, I can't feed off of anything here. And that really annoys me because the rival annoyance is one of the best segments of the show. And you guys are giving me nothing. Where are you at, Sparty Nation? Come on. I know you got a big one this weekend. Um, who do you who do you got this weekend? Oh yeah, Indiana. Well, I will be rooting for the Hoosiers, of course. Uh, you're lucky you get them at home because Indiana's no slouch. I know they got some injuries uh, that that is uh, that have happened this year, but they're they're still not a bad squad. And look out, Sparty, because if you lose Indiana, you can bet next week I will be uh, I will be I will. I will be right on you with with some with some smack talking for sure, and then uh, hopefully that'll, I'll feel good for Indiana as well because that'll be a good win for them. I mean, be an average win. I mean, let's face it, you guys only. I mean, it was Northwestern guys. Come on, let's 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 wake up a little bit here. I see you guys did score thirty one points though, so I'm surprised I didn't hear nothing about Lewerke this last week. Nothing about that awesome friggin'. Michigan State offense that's that's just really disturbing come on guys where are you at I, I need I need some help with my rival annoyance so uh, I can't do anything when everyone's just silence and you know you think you're doing all good if you are silent but that's that's ridiculous so knock it off and quit contributing even when you're silenced to my rival annoyance so come on Sparty <laughs>
Okay, so that was my rival annoyance for the week, and I'm still every time I do the rival annoyance, I swear it's just ridiculous. I just, I just feel I get all I get all amped up, get all fired up. But let's let's move on to this weekend's game. And so a little there's a little silver lining after that embarrassment last weekend. We get probably the weakest team in the Big Ten this Saturday. Michigan, of course, uh, has Rutgers in Ann Arbor, favored of course, uh, favored of course with 95.8 chance to, percent chance to win. According to ESPN, this game will start at noon on the Big Ten Network. Uh, I assume the big house will be rocking. It's supposed to be. I, I don't think it's supposed to be decent weather so that's not good but uh it's the big house so everyone will be there i'm sure now when i saw this game on the schedule at the start of the season i thought an easy letdown game right and now basically i consider it a statement game one can they bounce back and two can they find some identity and and maybe a clear-cut leader on this team hopefully shake and can quit pouting and get out there and actually play some ball. If you look at the overall stats between the two squads, uh, it's kind of sad actually because you really don't see major differences. I mean, points per game, 21 to 26 in favor of Michigan. Points allowed, 25 to 27. Total yards per game, 353 to 364. Uh, yards passing almost identical yards rushing almost identical this is not good this is not good I mean granted we've played Wisconsin a little a little better competition but this is not good off a one and for against a one and two Rutgers team it should be a route I really hope it is uh, because this I, I do not see any real threat on this Rutgers team and that's also why I think Michigan is is favored heavily even after that dismal display last Saturday I am convinced, uh, but I am not convinced of this offense, even though Shea is, is probable for, for Saturday's game. That does not mean he is 100%. So I'm looking for a Michigan victory here, 28-7 to at home, with some minor victories and hopefully some someone emerges as a leader for this team, like I mentioned earlier, because they're going to need it for the remainder of this Big Ten schedule. Uh, I will be in Denver this weekend, probably heading to Lodos, uh, my favorite Michigan bar outside of, of Ann Arbor. The game will be starting at 10 a.m. for us, so it'll be an early one, but ready to get back at, back on the, the wind train and get hyped for, for the rest of the season. Hopefully, again, we can find some identity this weekend. Uh, Rutgers is a good team to do it against. Uh, let's just let's just keep rolling. Let's go, Blue. Let's not give up, guys. Let's not give up. So with that, it concludes this week's M Factor. Again, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Of course, it's always on uh, um, SoundCloud, or you click on the link on my Facebook page. Uh, leave us that five-star rating, help us out in the rankings. Be sure to tell your friends, family, and any Michigan fans about the podcast. I really appreciate the support from you guys. Have a great, safe weekend, everyone, and enjoy game four. We will be back here next Thursday, as always. So thanks for listening, you guys. I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Go Blue.